every morning. Arabile Gomede and Nastasia Aronsa on Classic Business. Breakfast with MoneyWeb. It's 21 minutes after 7. The release of a final report about the state of competition in uh, the country's private health care sector has been uh, delayed again. Last year, we had the preliminary report that was released uh, around July that concluded, amongst other things, that the sector was highly concentrated in the hands of a few major players. So why the delays to fixing uh, health care are bad news for South Africans? So we'll have that conversation right now with Dr. Wesley Legrita, who is the Assistant Dean of of strategic affairs at the Faculty of Health that's at uh, Wits University. Dr. Glita, thank you so much for your time. Perhaps you can, uh, you know, ex- explain to us why the, the delays in this report being concluded can have an impact on South Africans. Uh, good morning to you and your listeners. Um, thanks uh, for taking time uh, not to chat to me and uh, for me to chat to your listeners. Um, the bottom line is that South Africa has committed itself uh, years ago as part of its post-1994 democratic breakthrough to create a unified, integrated national health system. We continue now to have uh, you know, what we call a two-tier system with public sector and private sector, and very little way of working together. So the establishment of the health market inquiry uh, was uh, an attempt to have a, a better understanding of the challenges facing competition, uh, resulting in the increasing uh, costs of uh, uh, healthcare in, in, in private sector and its implications thereof. Uh, understanding the private sector, uh, its role, its complexities, uh, comp- whether competition is effective or not to the benefit of the broader national health system because it would create an understanding of the national health system so that we can better integrate our public sector towards a unified national health system. That's a starting point that I think South Africans need to understand. The market inquiry recommendations create a preliminary diagnosis of the problem. They are not telling us what we did not know. It is known fact that there is limited or no competition in the private sense of Africa because of the nature of its structuring. It is characterized by groups of uh, hospital groups that are highly concentrated and they are basically not meaningfully competing in order to serve the population that uses their services. If you look at medical schemes, it's the same issue. Two medical schemes uh, dominate uh, with one accounting for more than 50%, you know, of uh, the, the, the membership, who know what to call uh, medical skin beneficiaries. That's a challenge because if you have such dominance, others are just escorting that one. They are not competing against that one. It has become a giant. Uh, that is passed on, you know, uh, to members in terms of uh, increasing costs for specialist service, increasing costs for hospitals, a reduced uh, quality in terms of the, the medical cover package or benefits that they should be able to get out of the medical schemes. The third point, which is common across our national health system as well, is that it, the report has shown that there are significant weaknesses in governance, you know, in the private sector. Be it you are governing the, the practice of a, a, a general practitioner or a specialist, it's difficult 
and 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 actually the public sector seems better organized in terms of governance compared to private sector now we would need to standardize the governance framework between the two in order to hold the provider which is the hospital group the practitioner which is the doctor you know to, in terms of how practices should do there is also a gap in terms of how to compare the two sectors if you to put it that way as two sectors for uh, in terms of outcomes there is no standard measure to say private sector is working better than public sector. It's only a perception. We need objective measures between the two systems, you know, so that we can now move towards that direction. Now, these are key steps uh, that build your blocks towards the, 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 the unified national health system. Mm. Yes, and the national health insurance is just the funding mechanism, and that funding mechanism for it to be meaningful. Uh, to be informed, mm. we need to address these aspects and inform the National Health Bill, Insurance Bill and the, the Medical Schemes Amendment Bill, which at the moment, you know, there has been input. We're waiting to see what those input, you know, have, have made. But this report is a significant contributor to, those, to the input in terms of the changes required, in the, the amendments required in terms of those two bills. Speaking of that bill, the Medical uh, Schemes Amendment Bill, perhaps you can remind us what uh, it was aimed to achieve. Remember, the Medical Schemes Amendment Bill is a building is based primarily on amending the Medical Schemes Act of 1998, and the Medical Schemes Act of 1998 is a primary tool to regulate, you know, medical schemes, the funders, if I put it that way and the benefits that the medical skills members ideally should access uh, through the funders and the behavior of the medical scheme administrators. What South Africa has observed is that the benefits over time has been declining because of the rising cost. Now we need to diagnose that and try to ensure that benefits continue to better, to improve, and so that the quality of those patients uh, who access those services continues to go up. The other challenge, you know, is that the Medical Schemes Act, you know, outlawed, uh, you know, um, selecting patients with their members according to risk. You know, so that aspect has uh, the Medical Schemes maneuvered and uh, and basically created multitude of plans, uh, benefit plans or options in order to serve the clients. But when you look at them closely, and the, the, the health marketing inquiry actually has picked that up, that though medical schemes believe that is innovation, to some extent, it was a way of subverting this element that you know that you can't select according risk. You know, so that is another component that you know we need to strengthen and make sure that we've got a mechanism to manage you know, the risk selection issues that are associated with people with the schemes uh, and membership behavior. So there is that. And the, the, the amendments are an attempt to try to resolve those things, make sure that the benefits continue to improve and we reduce uh, or mitigate uh, or come up with strategies to reduce selection based on, you know, age or on uh, sickness, you know, uh, and, and other complexities that are associated with uh, being, being a, 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 a patient. So that, 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 the medical scheme is trying to deal with that. But also that uh, medical scheme amendment bill 
must assist the NHIP, you know, to be able to have a meaningful effect when it, is, it gets implemented in mm. terms of regulating broadly the sector, but also making sure that this strengthens governance arrangements, particularly the role of the Council for Medical Schemes. And there are new suggestions there as well in certain areas. Uh, there's something they call uh, the, the supply side regulator. If you're looking at the supply side, dealing with the hospitals, dealing with the providers, and making sure that you are able to intervene and co- promote competition and acceptable behavior that can be transmitted or transferred for the benefit of the members uh, of the schemes. Dr. Glitter, thank you so much for your time. He's the Assistant Dean of Strategic Affairs at uh, the Faculty of Health Sciences, and that's located at Wits University. Time to have a look at news headlines.